No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Man, you either bear down or lay down with prayers in they dub. Man, let's get it. Let's get this dub, OG. Welcome to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we preview our week nine matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers and much, much more. And A-Dub, if they didn't think we were going to get into this Aaron Rodgers bullshit that's going on there in Green Bay, y'all was dead wrong. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> the hell you doing out here in these streets, bro? Playing around, man. Can't play around with that COVID stuff, man. No joke. No, man. First of all, A-Dub, this man took the whole summer off on these mugs. The, the media is like, hey, you been vaccinated? Yeah, I, I've been immunized. No problems. He ain't got no damn mask on at them press conferences and shit, and then he tests positive. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers should be in major, major trouble about what's going on right now. He should get suspended. Oh, yeah. I'm with you there, friends. He should get suspended. Immunized? I mean, come on, man. Got to come better than that. I'm going to see what the NFL does here. I'm going to see what your boy Roger Goodell is going to do. Because you know what he's going to probably try to do? He's going to probably try to find them a shit ton of money. But I bet Aaron Rodgers, when he's ready to return to play, I bet he'll be back out there on the field. That's facts right there, man. You know how Roger is, man. It's all about the almighty dollar. Aaron Rodgers continues to just do things that make me shake my head at him. Shake my <laughs> head at you. I'm just proud to have a quarterback that not only is vaccinated, but at least his family still talks to him. That's all I'm going to say there. Hey, 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 hey. That's what's up right there. <laughs> and then you add the fact that all the off-field stuff they had before the season started and then back to this with them, that's their problem, bro. Packers, yep. you and your own. Speaking of COVID, Matt Nagy was back in the building. He cleared COVID-19 protocols. He was in the press conference there on Tuesday, and he gave us some updates, A-Dub, on some of the injuries that we were all curious to know about. And he brought up some news that I was excited to hear about. He said that regarding David Montgomery, he will return to practice, which he did, and he said that there's a three-week window now for him to return from IR. So very excited news there on the David Montgomery front. Oh, that is very exciting news, man. Would love to get him back. You know, I know that guy runs hard for us, and he's been carrying the load when he was with us. Be great for that to see him come back. Yeah, and I know some fans were saying, oh, is there a chance that, that Montgomery plays on Monday? Listeners, probably not happening. Think about it. We got the Monday night game. We got the bye week coming up. I guarantee we'll probably see Montgomery back after the bye week. They're going to give him some extra time to heal and make sure that that knee is, is good to go. Absolutely. I love them taking the protocol, taking the safety measures with them to make sure that he's good 100% before he comes back. Also, there's no reason to rush him back because Khalil Herbert is handling the job well. So, hey, we got a guy right here that's doing the job. So let money heal up. And then when he comes back, we got a really solid one-two punch there. The uh, next piece of uh, business that Matt Nagy discussed was around Khalil Mack. So I talked about it on our last episode. He missed his first game since 2018. That foot injury, A-Dub, has been hampering him a majority of this season. And so it seems like Khalil Mack's status for Monday is still up in the air. But Matt Nagy also did this last week when he wouldn't rule Khalil Mack out, even though there were reports that basically said not only is he going to be out, but he may go on the IR. So we'll see what happens here. But I think it would be smart to give Khalil Mack a couple additional weeks. So along the way of David Montgomery, give him a couple more weeks to just rest up so that way we're not dealing with a Khalil Mack that's operating at 70 80%. Like you say, Prince, I'd love to give him the time off, man. Let him continue to heal up and be somewhere near 100% when he comes back. Yeah, because there's a big difference. 
We know Khalil Mack is a gamer. We know Khalil Mack can still make plays at 70, 80%, but I would rather see him operate at that Khalil Mack that's healthy and ready to go. Exactly. And therefore, we don't want to waste his career by making the foot worse, right? By having him continue to play on it like that. Yeah, true story. True story. He also didn't provide any tangible updates on Tevin Jenkins. We'll see what happens there. Maybe we need Jason Peters to give us another update once the next time he talks to the media. <laughs> right. Well, I do wonder how he's doing. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see there. But um, I hope Tevin Jenkins is doing well, and hopefully he's in the playbook. Hopefully he's taking a lot of mental reps out there. Absolutely. Before we get into previewing the Pittsburgh Steelers, A-Dub, you and I haven't talked about this on the show, but the fact that the trade deadline has now come and gone, there were a lot of different people in the fan base that wanted the Bears to be sellers. You and I talked about it on our other podcast, Chicago State of Mind. We all said a couple names, A-Rob, Hicks, Foles, Dalton, just to name a few guys that we thought could be potential people that they would trade. They made zero moves at the deadline. When I saw that, A-Dub, I thought two things. First thing I thought is that was a missed opportunity by Pace because I thought that they could have got some valuable draft capital. Listeners, Look at the draft picks that we have available in the upcoming draft. You're going to freak out when you see the limited number of draft picks that we have. I thought this would have been an opportunity for us to recoup some of those draft picks by selling off some of these players. So I thought it was a missed opportunity. But A-Dub, I want to get your thoughts on this. What do you think that says about Ryan Pace's job security since he did not make any moves at the trade deadline? He's still high on this season here. And they're thinking that they probably can turn the things around, that we're not so far out of it that this Bears team can actually make some strides. They still feel high about the offense and maybe feeling high about the defensive guys that we have, those that we invested in. So for me, the reason why I think they didn't make any moves is because they know that they need to win now. Right. And so trading off key veterans to get draft picks, Ryan Pace don't care about tomorrow. <laughs> He's over here <laughs> like, hey, we got to win. So I'm keeping all these guys on this roster. We're going to let the chips fall where they may. And he's like, hey, all we want to do is try to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, bro. <laughs> I'm just going to say this, audience. Why the fuck is Nick Foles still on this damn roster? I don't get it. I do not get it. Why is this guy taking up a roster spot? We don't need him. He's taking up salary cap space. He's taking a valuable roster spot. There are so many teams in the league right now that have quarterbacks that are out. Why did you move him to one of those teams? Oh, you know why? Because I've said it before, because they are listening to what Nick Foles says, and he's like, "Oh well, I'm not gonna want to play for a certain team." He's got a certain <laughs> he's got a certain list of teams that he wants to play for. Well, guess what, Nick? They don't want you. Get right. over, it. get over, it, man. But like you saying, bro, that doesn't make any sense to still have Nick Foles on this team. Been a concern all season and also off season. Why is he still here? So we're still at that point, still talking about Nick Foles. Why he still on his team? As I mentioned last episode. Between him and Dalton, they're eating up almost $12 million in cap space. Backup quarterbacks. And we wonder why we had to cut Kyle Fuller, which Kyle Fuller also, was his name was being floated out there on the trade market. So he hasn't had the, quite the season that he had with us last year. But my point about that is that we cut guys that I thought should have still been here. And we have right. guys on this roster that A, shouldn't be on this roster. And B, in the case of Jimmy Graham, that we're not utilizing him. So why is he on the roster? I still say it. I've been saying this shit all summer. Why is this guy on this roster? One catch for 11 yards. What's the point? I hear you right there, Prince. That is a lot of money for guys who are not really playing or serving as value on the field. 
No. And we also have talked about the fact that Justin Fields has chemistry with Jesse James. Jesse James needs to get more playing time. That's something that I mentioned on our recap show. Get him out there on the field more. Because he obviously knows how to get open. Justin Fields feels comfortable finding him. So get the guy weapons out there that he's comfortable working with. Exactly. That makes sense to me, Braves. I heard Fields talk about in his press of the day, you know, about the fact that, hey, him and Jesse James kind of had a relationship for how they played together early on, you know, in the offseason. They kind of know each other. He knows his body, how Jesse James liked the ball, all those different things. So he knows him. He got that chemistry with him. So you're right. Why not let him play? Well, and that's a, another point that I've made in the past. The reason why that is is because Justin Fields did not get enough reps with the ones. He was working primarily with the twos. Jesse James was working with the twos. That's why Justin Fields has a really good chemistry with some of these people. Right. Now, one thing I was just thinking about, Rodney Adams was somebody that we all were very high on this preseason. He was making plays. Rodney Adams is on the practice squad right now. What's the harm in calling him up and giving him a shot? It's obvious that Justin Fields had chemistry with him as well. That's true. Because hey. right now, we're not seeing Marquise Goodwin getting utilized in the way that he's supposed to. I don't know what the hell happened with Demir Bird. That was the name <laughs> that we all were hearing about all preseason. And I ain't seen nothing. Hey, look, I haven't seen anything either between Bird and Goodwin. Not enough at all. So that is in itself concerning. But you're right. Why not put these guys around Justin Fields who Justin Fields know very well? You're right. I want my to run a nice little two tight end front with Jesse James and Cole. So it'd be good, man, if we if we put things around Justin Fields to make it more effective for Justin Fields. Yeah. Now, in defense of Marquis Goodwin, I think that some of his troubles have just been play calling. But with Demir Bird, I just I haven't seen anything that's impressive. He came in here as a speed guy. They tried to get him involved in some things, and just nothing happened. So it's like <laughs> I don't know. Get Rodney Adams up here. Like get somebody up here. Is going to make a play because we know Rodney Adams can make plays, even though it was during the preseason. He shows you that he can make plays. And that's a guy that Justin Fields also knows, like you were saying. So put these guys with Justin Fields who Justin Fields know. But you're right, man. It's been sucking to see what's happening with our uh, with Bird and Goodwin together, along with our other wide receivers, right? We haven't seen none of them make a major impact. And that's pretty much how the play's been called up to this point. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania, new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. Let's segue over to our upcoming matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So DraftKings has the Bears a six and a half point underdog going into this game. 
Again, I look at this game, A-Dub, as it being a winnable matchup. However, Vegas seems to disagree with me. So, Vegas, we'll see what's happening. When I look at this Pittsburgh Steelers team, A-Dub, I feel like they've been up and down. Now, they have won three straight. Right. When I look at them, though, I say, eh, some of the teams that they beat, they haven't really been all that impressive to me. And I think that this matchup here on Monday night against Chicago, I think this is going to be a pretty interesting game because what it's going to show us here in Chicago is what do we have in this team? Is Justin Fields going to be able to take that next step? Is he going to be able to perform against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense? Is he going to be able to perform on the road? That's what I'm looking forward to in this matchup. Pittsburgh, they're four and three. They're third in their division. They have an offense that ranks towards the bottom of the league in points scored and in yards. You look at this and you say, okay, the Chicago Bears defense, who's had back-to-back stakers, is this the week that they find a way to neutralize their opponent? Because now you got Big Ben. And Big Ben, he's been so-so. But Big Ben is the type of guy that if you get pressure on him, you get him flustered. You'll get the guy making some mistakes because A-Dub, that was one of my keys to victory in this game was putting enough pressure on Big Ben to force him into miscues. Because I think our team, the Chicago Bears as a whole, we're at our best when we're creating turnovers, when we're creating havoc out there, when we're giving our offense short fields to operate on, especially on the road. That's going to be great for Justin Fields' confidence. So if we could get a, a strip sack on, on Big Ben early on, or we could get a pick early on in that game and we could drive it down, that may give us a confidence that we need in this ballgame. Definitely our defense could use that confidence because our defense haven't been playing too great lately. But you're right, getting that pressure on Big Ben, Fred, that's going to be huge for us, man. We're going to need to get that because Big Ben been a little bit too comfortable lately, right? I think we get him, force him to make some mistakes, like you were saying, that would be great. Yep. Now, defensively, I brought it up a second ago. When it comes to the Steelers audience, they rank seventh in points allowed and also 11th in yards allowed. So they got a pretty stingy defense. And I talked about it on last week's episode. TJ Watt, this guy is a terror. And in this matchup, he's going to be going up against our rookie offensive tackle, Larry Borum. Now, this matchup to me, A-Dub, is going to be key. And if Larry Borum is able to have some success against T.J. Watt, which I really hope that he does, but I also hope that the scheme that we put in place allows for a tight end to stand to chip on T.J. Watt, that they run some scheme plays that take some of the pressure off of this kid. But Larry Borum versus T.J. Watt is the matchup, A-Dub, that I'm really going to be keying in on on Monday night. That's going to be an interesting matchup. I hope Borum can continue to hold his own like he did last week. And you made a good point, though, Perez, by having a tight end there to help out. Cole Komet, I know he's been doing good in blocking-wise. That'd be great to see him pitch in on that side. But I will tell you this. This is now back-to-back weeks that Larry Borum is going up against some tough matchups. He had Nick Bosa last week. Nick Bosa gave Larry Borum some problems out there. You saw that Nick Bosa got a sack. But I thought for the most part, when I even did the tape review, I thought that Larry Borum sold up pretty solid. But now he's following that matchup against, he's following that matchup now, an even harder matchup now against TJ Watt. So (laughs) this is why I look at this matchup potentially. And I'm concerned with that Pittsburgh Steelers defense because not only do you have TJ Watt to worry about, you also got Hayworth there in the middle. And now he's going to be going up against Sam Mustafer. Now, Sam Mustafer is someone that I've been critical about. And it's not just because, the announcers are telling me that Sam Mustafer hasn't played well. I look at the tape. I've seen stuff going back until last season with Sam Mustafer not being strong at the point of attack. 
So Cameron Hayward is a big-time ball player. And so the thing which you got to watch with this Pittsburgh Steelers defense is that they do move Watt around. Now, if they end up moving Watt to the side with Jason Peters, that is also a situation where we could have some trouble because Jason Peters, his game is power, but Watt's going to bring that speed and athleticism. So while Peters may have the experience there, there could be a situation there where we might be in some trouble. So I just hope that we keep an eye on Watt and really try our best to neutralize him. And if he does move over on Peters' side, get somebody over there that can fucking chip him. Either way, T.J. Watt should be getting a lot of people hitting him before he could try to even make a pass rush move. You're right. T.J. Watt deserves his respect. And we got to treat him with that such respect that you were saying, Fred. Like you said, man, to use, um, again, tight end to help out there. But I do wonder if that matchup, they move Watt around. So if he's going to do that player part, it's going to be important for Peters to really see that and for us to see that on the offensive side of it as well. Yeah, because the one thing that we all know about Bears Nation is Justin Fields this season has struggled under pressure. We've right. seen it in multiple games. And this is my fear going into this matchup potentially. So I just hope that the offensive coordinator, Nagy, that they scheme this thing to protect the quarterback because this Pittsburgh Steelers uh, defense they're very tough on rookie quarterbacks. They have a very big-time record against rookie quarterbacks. Also, the bread and butter of our offense, as everybody knows, is the run game. Well, look at what the Steelers did to the Browns when the Browns were trying to run the ball. That shit was like a chess match. They <laughs> yes. shut down that Browns rushing attack. That Browns rushing attack is pretty legit. So that's also going to be a situation of trying to figure out what we're going to be able to do to kind of counter what they do best there on that defense they do. No, that's a good point. That's a very fair point you made there. We can't run a football press. What does that lead us to? How do we still keep Justin Fields, you know, in good rhythm with all that happening? So we can do the good job around that scheming. I think we'll do, we'll be fine. But that's going to be a tough matchup because you're right. You mentioned a lot of good things about the Pittsburgh defense and they got some animals over there on that defensive line. So we got to be very cautious there. Yeah. Now I will say this about Justin Fields. Look at the type of opponents and defenses that this kid has met so far in his rookie season. He has not had any sort of gimme games. And now you look at this matchup here where he's going up against another tough defense. So right. <laughs> we all knew that this schedule was going to be tough. But damn, man, I'm telling you, Justin Fields right here, he's getting a baptism right now. And he's only going to be better from this experience of going against this top talent and these top defenses experience he's getting a lot of good experience against like you said some very good defensive teams and this only can help justin fields now how to figure out how to play against these tough defenses i mean he had a few weeks already going against tough defense so i know it's going to be tough as well going against pittsburgh but you're right maybe he learned some things from last week and the previous weeks you know to say okay what can i continue to do differently how can i continue to make progression even though there's some pressure on me so it'd be good to see him go against his defense and see how he continue to try to learn and pick him apart a little bit yeah but what a way to start your nfl career right now <laughs> Now you got Mike Tomlin on that other side of that of the of the Woo. field. And you talk about Mike Tomlin, and I've said this on the podcast last year, A-Dub. Mike Tomlin is one of the examples of what I find to be one of the more, not only successful coaches, but the best type of head coach. Because right. Mike Tomlin stays out of the fucking way. And that's what I wish that Matt Nagy would do. But also, when Tomlin does need to get involved, you actually see good moves that are being made, good strategy that's being made. But for the most part, he's like the overseer of the team. He's like the CEO of that organization as far as his football team. And they perform well for the most part. And now you see that he's got them playing a little better right now. Yeah, man. Mike Tomlin, man, like he says, championship DNA. He knows, man. He knows how to run a football team. So 
I got nothing but high praise for Mike Tomlin, man. I got nothing negative to say about that guy. And um, to see them starting to make some things happen as of lately, that just shows you how good of a coach he really is. Fair point there. So, hey, give us a couple of your keys to victory to beat the Steelers, man. Now, one of my keys to beating the Steelers, man, is that we're going to have to do a good job at slowing them down for those yards after the catch. Because those okay. guys can catch the ball short prayers in the flat. You know, Nazi Harris catching the flat. Other guys catching it short, and they turn those into big plays. So we're going to have to really limit that, man. So when you talk about the other guys, so some of the things that kind of really step out to me on tape when I'm looking at this team is the fact that he loves throwing the ball to Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool yes. is my Notre Dame guy. I love Chase Claypool. Like I've liked him since back in the day. Great weapon to have in that offense. He also has Deontay Johnson. They got Eric Ebron. So he's got some weapons to go to. So in addition to what you mentioned with Najee Harris, I think that was a great key. And Najee Harris is somebody that I really hope that we can contain because he could be a key factor in this game because our run defense is not where it was earlier in the season. <laughs> That's a good point, man. We got to get back to stopping the run. But you're right. These are the key guys they have, man, that have been making some, some hell of noise there, you know? And even with Eric Ebron being hurt, I know he was out for a while, they had some other tight ends that stepped in, like, Pat Fryer move, and you got Zach Gentry. Those two guys may have stepped in very well and played an integral part for what they're doing. We got some guys we got to worry about on that team, not just Nazi Harris. Yeah, there you go. My other key, and, and it's just kind of what I was talking through earlier, is that Pittsburgh defensive line. You yeah. got to keep them at bay. Point blank there. Because not only do I worry about the defensive line, but I also worry about Mika Fitzpatrick. That He makes it very Ooh. hard for opposing offenses to throw the football on that defense. He is a top-flight safety. We've seen him take out a neutralized receiver's tight ends. He's a bad motherfucker. And he's been reading the offenses very well for his as seeing the plays. So he's getting there, man, and um, making an impact. So you're right. That's a guy we got to really worry about. And I hope that, you know, just the fields can survey the field. Yeah, and the reason why, audience, earlier I made this my key. Obviously, you guys know about T.J. Watt. Obviously, you guys know about Cam Hayward. The reason why I wanted to focus in on this defense is because they can get to the quarterback. Now, if we're able to keep that D-line at bay, then now it protects Justin a little bit because Pittsburgh won't have the luxury of being able to drop people back into coverage because they do not blitz a lot because they get home so much with that front four. So when I look at this, I'm hopeful that we can neutralize that so that way they can't drop people back into coverage because if they are able to drop people back in coverage, that'll make it a little bit more difficult for Justin to find right. people open. Very good observation there, Prince. You've been doing your homework, brother. I see. I see. You're right. Can't get home. So the thing is, it helps them keep a lot of guys out there in coverage, man. So if you're throwing a football, that's how you kind of pick people off and get turnovers. Now, one thing, too, to point out for the audience is that both of the defenses in this matchup are really good in the red zone. The Steelers rank in the top five. We're in the top ten. So from that standpoint, I guarantee you, we're going to see some really good defense inside that 20-yard line on both sides of the field. <laughs> hey, look, you better get your kickers ready. <laughs> your kickers <laughs> better be ready, man, in this game here. Because you're right, these are two teams that really get grimy right there, man. I know our defense, we've done a good job on that goal line defense. And you know what? they just as strong as well in that red zone. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right, before we get out of here, give me your final score prediction for Week 9. Final score prediction? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, 16-10, to 10, Bears. Let's go. Bear down. All right. Bear down, 16, baby. 16 to 10. All right. So, audience, when I'm looking at this matchup, 
The Bears have won the last three in this series. And on Monday night, we make it four straight. I just want Matt Nagy to stay out of the goddamn way <laughs> like he did last Sunday. Just go sit down somewhere. Like my grandmother used to say, boy, go sit down somewhere. Somebody needs to tell that to Matthew. Go sit down somewhere. They need to let Justin loose and let that kid go out there and make plays. I got the Bears winning this game 20 to 16. Ooh, Bear okay. down, baby. I love that, man. And guess what else, Perez? I don't want to be negative here, but Pittsburgh going to tear as well on Monday nights, man. I think they won like, what, 19 straight or something like that? So, I mean, we got to kill a streak. <laughs> well, guess what, Pittsburgh? That streak ends on Monday night. It ends. There we go. It ends on Monday night. And I also think that Big Ben gets sacked four times in this ball game. My bold prediction for week nine. My bold prediction on him, Press, you got the sacks. I got him throwing an interception. If he's getting sacked that much, he's definitely going to turn the fucking football over. So <laughs> I'm down exactly. for that. You know I'm he can't run that. like he used to. He can't run like he used to. He in the pocket mostly. Shit, I don't, I don't never remember him running too much. He's always been more of a pure passer. But <laughs> what I've noticed from him, though, as he's gotten older is he just gives it up, man. Just for right. lack of better words, he just gives that shit up. <laughs> hope we no. catch him at the right time. I really do. I hope so as well. Well, audience, don't forget to check out our Winter Circle show. That's going to be coming out tomorrow. I love the fact that you guys have been supporting that show. It's been a lot of fun doing that. So we're going to have some picks there for week nine. Got to get back on the snide from week eight. Week eight was a tough week, but I'm over talking about week eight picks. Check us out tomorrow on that show. Now, trivia time. Thank you to everybody that answered the question from the recap show. Consider this point, week one question, done. Going into the second question. In the 2017 Steelers game, which Chicago Bear on a blocked field goal return decided to start jogging close to the goal line and had the ball knocked away from him? This is one of the top three most dumbest plays I've ever seen a Chicago <laughs> Bear commit. So I want you guys to tell me, who was that player? That is your trivia question. Good one. All right, and I'm going to give you guys some quick standings here. So to explain how the standings work, we're not only just giving points to people to answer correctly, we're also giving extra points to people to answer the question the quickest. So right now, we got three people that are tied for first place. We got Michael, we got Aaron, and we got Heidi. Now remember, the top two people are going to face off against each other over Zoom. So remember, when these questions come out, answer the question quicker to get the bonus points. You have until the next episode to answer the question. So good luck, and we look forward to another great contest here. Let's go. All right, A-Double, listen, man. We're going to talk to this audience again tomorrow in the Winter Circle, but I'm feeling very hopeful about Monday night, and I'm really thinking that we're going to get back in that W column. We got to. We got to get a W. Yeah, man, I'm with you, Perez. I think we'll get back, man. I think our defense will be a lot better than it was the past few weeks. You know, I think the side know. He knows what's going on here, so I know he heard, he heard the noise and heard the chatter, so I think our defense will be back, Perez. I hope he did hear the chatter, because I was kind of looking at him like, all right, bro. <laughs> All right, man. Come on. It's time. All right, now. The honeymoon's over. What's up? What we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? But no, for real, though. Um, audience, as always, we appreciate you guys' continued support of the show. Love y'all, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Very Centrist Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of our show. Bears Nation, come down with us. Once again, ladies and gentlemen.
These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.